0: Okay, we're back with this week's podcast. I have my very best friend in the whole world here to impart some of her life wisdom to you. Um This is Lauren. She's been my best friend since she was since she and I were both 4 years old. Hi, Lauren. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you? I am exhausted, but that's okay. <laughs> kids do these days. Kids
1: will do that to you. So.
0: <laughs> yeah, just like this time of the evening, my stress level is just like through the roof. I don't know why I record a podcast at this time of the day, but.
1: <laughs> Maybe it's a stress release.
0: I think it is. Eventually, like now that we're doing this, it's good. <laughs>
1: Yes. yes, every moment leading to it, it's just like exercise. You don't want to do it, you don't want to do it, and then you do it, and then it's great. Yeah, its it really is. It's awesome.
0: It's like the best thing you could have done, but strangely, the hardest thing you could have done at the same yeah. time. So uh, this week, we are going to be introducing a topic, which I think will be really interesting and pertinent to this idea of getting things done um, like the very best things that you think you could do, even when it's just super hard and, um, imperfect. And, um, before we dive into that, I'd like, uh, I know lots about you, but I'd like the people who are listening to know a little bit about you. And also just some of the, I guess some of the harder challenges that you deal with on the day to day right now, tell us a bit about what's going on with you.
1: Okay, so on the day today, right now, um, so I have a four year old, almost two year old, and a just turned one year old, which means that I had my second and third child in the same year, <laughs> and they will be in the same grade in school. <laughs> and Irish crazy, twins. <laughs> yes, it was a crazy time and still is, but it's getting a little easier now. Um, and in the midst of this, um, my second child had surgery recently on his hand. And um, that's been kind of a big thing going on in our lives right now.
0: Okay, uh, tell me, you sent me the exact
1: term for that surgery, and I forget what it's called. The, it's... Um, it's called a thumb pollicization surgery. So basically, he had, he didn't really have a thumb. And so they made a thumb out of one of his fingers. And so for a little guy, not even two yet, that's a big deal. And, and so yeah, which finger, finger did they, which
0: finger did they take?
1: Just the one right beside where his thumb should have been.
0: So his, his index thumb. finger, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. And so now we're just, it's like, it's a pretty common surgery, but at the same time, it is a big deal. Any, any surgery for a little baby is a big deal. Especially yeah. Of the parents <laughs> so
0: especially um, what did you say it was 12 12
1: yes yep yeah so that's a long he's been, doing, he's been doing great i think the main thing has been making sure that his siblings don't like maim yeah, him enjoy it <laughs> <laughs> seriously that's so stressful so, oh my gosh had a cast on we've been going to lots of appointments um yeah life has just been really really crazy but um even before that happened life was still crazy and I feel like always has a crazy life no matter what is or what is not happening in their life
0: (laughs) it's so true
1: always throw whatever challenge at you you need at that time so, yeah
0: and then if if uh, no one throws it at you somehow you seek it out it's like it's really bizarre like we just can't not be
1: crazy I don't know why <laughs> so true and so <sighs> want to learn and grow in our lives yeah <laughs> so, we must we really must and sometimes life gives it to us and sometimes we find it apparently that's a very good insight <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay so our topic for today um is, so I, I told you about this a few weeks ago, and I got it from this, ch- this book about like a children's psychology book, basically. And the title of it was The Explosive Child. And I found it just very informative on so many levels. Um, and right at the beginning of the book, they say something that just kind of blew my mind and changed the way I look at myself and look at people And they said, children do well, if they can, period. And then they go on to explain that how if you don't, if a child doesn't have the right tools, um, the right environment, the right and they go on to explain a bunch of different factors that could cause a child not to do well, um, then they won't do well. But if they can do well if they are physically capable of doing well in a given situation, they will because they want to do well every part of them wants to do well but then I read that book and I thought, well if that's true for children then certainly that must be true for me um, in my situation as a mother in my interactions um, with my spouse like as a wife um, it must be true for the way my husband asks if, if he's I'm sorry. He, the way he acts, if he's not doing well in a situation, then he must not be able to somehow. Um, so basically it just made me think, you know what? I can't beat myself up when I'm not doing well. I must be lacking some things, some tools, some whatever it is. And I wanted to hear your thoughts on that concept.
1: I, since you mentioned this to me a few weeks ago, I've had a lot of thoughts about that concept and, um, (laughs) I think it's been an internal argument with myself, actually, most of the thoughts that I've had. Okay. Um, so the first thing that kind of came to my mind when you said that, um, is a few books that I've read recently, one that I read already and one that I'm in the middle of reading. And um, so the first one is by Kathy Glass, and it's called "Will You Love Me." Okay, it's the story of her adopted daughter Lucy, or that's the fake name that she gave her um, for a non-like to be anonymous. But um, anyway, in in the book, um, she starts out as just like a very very difficult foster child, and um, she's kind of from place to place and nobody really wants her anymore um, because she's kind of difficult and so and then you kind of see how um the author connects with her and um is able to basically love her into good behavior (laughs) and eventually cool and um it basically showed to me like the power of feeling loved and feeling accepted and feeling all the things that she had never felt before. And that that allowed her to succeed. Whereas in the past she hadn't been able to, because she was experiencing so much trauma all the time. Um, That's so cool. That's like, Oh, go ahead.
0: No, go ahead. That's similar to, I just read about this approach called the Thomas Jefferson approach for education and it lumps children into different, like, categories based on their educational development. And it, I can't remember what they all were, but it basically says that at each stage, so zero to one is a stage of, like, what they classify as the first stage of development. And then the next one is um, one to seven. And at every stage, there's a really important uh lesson that you have to learn that's like so important to human nature to understand and accept and like a truth and if that person rejects that truth like so it could be accepting love I think was one of them or they might say it differently but um if that if the child learns to reject that truth then they can't progress to the second stage they're like stuck in that
1: Hmm. that totally makes sense yeah, that totally makes sense. Tell us the rest of the story. Oh, I well, I was just thinking of um, the book that I'm reading right now, and I, I haven't gotten through it, but it's called um, "Somebody Else's Kids" by Tori Hayden. And um, oh my goodness, every every sentence of this book it basically confirms what you're saying about the success of children that they can succeed only if they can <laughs> or you know they right. do as well if they, can, if they can and um there's well i think that probably uh, i'm trying to think of the best example um basically there's several children i guess i'll give one example is a little girl named lori in the book and obviously this is a true story and um she was so abused by her parents that she ended up um before she got adopted that, um, she had a skull fracture and a piece of her skull went into her brain and, um, an otherwise really bright little girl. Um, she could not learn to process symbols of any kind. So that means writing and like any, any, any written symbol, like sim letters, Um, numbers, like just symbols. She just can't process them with her brain. And the only hope that she has to be able to read someday is if her brain reworks pathways around the scarred tissue, because it can't go through that spot anymore. Like right spot is literally gone. And so if it can find a new path, that's the only hope that she'll be able to read. And so every oh day literally goes to school and has this horrible teacher that just considers her a troublemaker and, um, and also simultaneously stupid at the same time. Oh. And just really makes her experience horrible until she gets a good teacher. But anyway, just a, kind of an example of how she's just doing the best she can every day. And, um, ah, it's kind of hard to explain. I probably shouldn't have even brought it up, but no, um,
0: it's such a great (laughs) example. And it just, it really makes you think like, while I'm, while I'm listening to you tell that story, I just think about like my interactions with my own children and how there are still so many, even though I've read that book, like I know that they do well if they can and they're not out to ruin my life on purpose sometimes you know when like my little toddler got annoyed that I didn't give her a second piece of toast when we were having dinner in the next few minutes and like flirt flew through her body on the ground and then smashed a plate like pretty much threw it at me and it smashed all over the floor and you think in those moments you think wow you are just like the worst, and you're doing this to <laughs> torment me. Yeah. But then at the same time, in the same breath, it's really easy to go the other way and realize this is a toddler. This is development. Tantrums are just a part of this stage of who they are, how it works for them to understand the world and deal with all these emotions that they now have associated with that. And, yeah, it's really fascinating to me. Yeah,
1: and I think that being a parent, you automatically, uh, as you're having these thoughts about how your child is being so frustrating, you're also thinking in your mind all the reasons why they're being so frustrating. Yes. Maybe an outsider wouldn't realize, like, you know that they didn't really eat all their lunch. And so now they're starving, and they're also tired because they were up, tons last night with, you know, you know, all the reasons why they can't be an angel right now. Yeah. Why they can't the cope. Time... Really? <laughs> yeah. You're like, you know, those reasons most of the time, Yeah, but it can be hard. It can be hard to keep that in the front of your mind and not get frustrated with them. But when you do, then you're a lot more compassionate with them, but it's just really hard to, to always keep that in the forefront of your mind and kind of explain to yourself in the moment the reason why they're being the way they're being so exactly that i do feel like that is totally true for children like children are so innocent and they they really do the best they can given their circumstances and given what they have and what they need in the moment that's i i think that is 100 percent true at least from my perspective but I don't always think that's true for adults.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And that's the part that I wanted to investigate because I think it must be at least partially true for adults, even if it's just in the sense that um, maybe they're missing an important stage of development that they were supposed to have when they were one to seven years old and they never quite got all the way. Um, But how does that and and like I think we can all realize you said it when we even started this podcast that everyone's lives are crazy pretty much like we can all do have a little more sympathy for the people around us um in, in as they try to do the things that they're trying to do but because this podcast is especially so directed towards um like being self-motivated and navigating how to really achieve your dreams. Um, let's turn that back to ourselves. Like if we have that same idea, that same kind of sympathy for ourselves, I guess, in realizing, okay, if I'm not doing well in a given situation, why is that? What am I missing? Rather than I'm not doing well in a given situation, therefore I must be terrible Um I'll give you an example of this, actually. So, I I thought of this when I was having a conversation with my sister-in-law. Actually, it wasn't. It was a conversation between my sister-in-law Amy and her oldest daughter, who's now seventeen. So, uh, she has this teenager, and the teenager um, Esther. She's complaining about how, like, basically, kind of poking fun at her mom and saying. Uh, how she's a neglectful mother, like just, she's not a neglectful mother, but she's just kind of like playing with her, but also really hurt at the same time, like in, you know, how we do that as people, right. She's like bringing something up as a joke, but really you could tell she was actually sad about it. And it was funny because it was a situation that I'd almost exactly had as a teenager. She described the situation where she was really sick uh, and she actually, th- this is a teenager, threw up all over the floor. And her mother comes into their room and, like, says a few kind words and then hands her a towel and some vinegar to clean up her mess. <laughs> oh, no. oh. And- Poor overworked mom. <laughs> and the exact same thing happened to me when I was 17 or right around there. Like, oh, I remember no. being... In the main area of the bathroom, you know how I used to get, like, the worst period cramps ever, ever, ever. And I I didn't quite make it to the bathroom sink and threw up all over the bathroom floor. And my mom walked by and same thing, like, showed some sympathy and then handed me a mop. And
1: (laughs) I'm glad it wasn't me when we were roommates. I would have been (laughs) mortified to hear that I did that. (laughs) Okay, but here's the interesting
0: part. Now that I am a mother, I can actually, like, in that moment, I was like, seriously, mom? Like, who are you? And why would you, like, you're supposed to, like, sit there and rub my back and make me tea and, like, just be the best person ever for me right now because that's your whole job in the world, right? Um, but then I think about it more and I think, oh, actually, um yeah, so my mom had how many – At that point, she would have had all of... So seven kids younger than me um, that she was dealing with in that moment. She also would have had a child who was less than a year old. So she was breastfeeding. It was... I think it was around Christmas time. So she's dealing with, like, all this crazy stuff. Of those two people in the moment, I now know that I was the better equipped to clean up the barf than she probably was, like... (laughs) psychologically physically (laughs) all the reasons like there's just no reason why she should be doing it instead of me even though I was sick um and so I kind of told that story to Amy and that um like children do well if they can and her eyes lit up and she was like it's the same with mothers because in that example she didn't have a breastfeeding child but she was um going through a severe um bout of mental illness she was feeling extremely depressed it was the only time in her life that she's ever felt like that but it was just like turning her world around upside down and so in that situation yeah she esther was probably better equipped to handle that situation than her mother was um yeah, and it just makes me think, like, how often do we get in those situations where we feel like, I just failed. I just failed completely, and then we just proceed to beat ourselves up. Like, all isn't that just
1: the automatic reaction that we yeah, do? For, I for sure. I do that all the time. I think <laughs> a lot of people do that all the time. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and and it, you don't have to be a mom to do that. Like, we fail, as human beings, we fail epically almost every single day, I think, for the most part. Yeah, for Um, sure. And so I just think, how can we, like the question I've been asking myself around that topic is, how can I, instead of sitting there and blaming myself and beating myself up for that failure, how can I instead look for the strategies that I need to, to just basically have what I need to do well? if that makes sense
1: um so the thought that comes to my mind is that when when you're thinking from that lens that perspective when that i can i'll do as well as i can um given my circumstances it's more of a um it directs you more to self care because yes. you realize in that moment that you're reacting really badly to a given situation and you automatically you just think like okay instead of beating yourself up you think okay what do i need right now to be a good human like yeah how do like what am i missing right now that would have allowed me to handle this situation in a better way and exactly um, yeah so i think that actually it's it is a really productive way to think for your for your own mental health but you know I am doing as well as I can but yeah giving yourself a bit of a break and um but not a break that just lets you totally off the hook it's a break that lets you realize that you're not in the space that you want to be in yes you want to improve and you do want to be better but yeah yourself a little better and understanding why you're acting or reacting in a certain way And I'm so glad you brought
0: up self-care because in a previous podcast that Ryan and I I did, we talked about how when you use that term self-care and really target it towards something that's actively helping you achieve your goals at the same time, that's when things really start to like improve more quickly in our, in our experience, I guess we kind of chatted about that a little while ago, but I'll give you an example. So, um, I'd always, when I picture self-care, I always think of someone in a spa, like maybe they have cucumbers in their eyes and it's just like a relaxing experience. And I'm not saying that's not self-care because right. it is, but I had this cool experience where someone I follow on Instagram posted about, she took a picture of her like morning, out the window or something and she's like it's 5 a.m and I'm awake and this is my self-care and I was like what that is what (laughs) I just like read it over and over again and her explanation because I was like in what way is waking <laughs> up at 5 a.m. <laughs> Self-care, that is madness. And the, I was still, I still had a breastfeeding baby at that time. So that was like extra, extra madness. My mind couldn't yeah. even go there. But yeah. she, this woman didn't. All our kids were like sleeping and whatever. And so for her, getting up and taking that time for herself in the morning to get a head start on her day, accomplish some of her goals, allowed her to be fresh and present for herself and for her kids and for her day, right? So I think when we look at self-care that way, it doesn't have to be getting up at 5 a.m. at all. But when we look at it as like, how can I really give things, like really deeply give things to myself that I need? um, Then I think it's really powerful. So
1: when you're saying this, it's so funny because I recently have been having such a struggle with seeing like at the same time as I seek out motivational material so that I can pump myself up and get better with life. um, It also can be a double-edged sword because it can almost deflate me sometimes because I feel so jealous of someone else's success or I compare myself to someone else and know that they're doing all these different things that I'm not doing. And even over the past, couple years I know looking back I just feel so bad for myself actually because I was expecting a level of performance for myself that I mean maybe possible for someone else but really wasn't possible for me at that time and yes and it caused me so much anxiety when I was looking up all this information about how to be how to exercise every day and get your post baby body back and You know, and (laughs) I ended up injuring myself in a crazy way trying to do this thing that was just not, you know, in such a way that it was like, it wasn't quite possible for me at that time. Yeah. And I had had so much anxiety that made, that was so counterproductive. Like it actually, if I had just given myself a break, then I would have had so much energy to do so many more things that would have improved my life. Yes. I was with trying to be awesome and therefore it made me less awesome because I just couldn't handle that level of pressure that I was putting on myself.
0: Oh, that's so, that's so good, Lauren. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Because we do that and we look at someone else and we use that as a guideline, but that is not how it works. Finding out what you need is a completely personal endeavor right like it's just yeah. so like I think about um self-care for example when I had Emery I was just it was like I did this complete 180 from my experience with having Hiram where it was like we had everyone in right after I had him and we we're I'd already been awake for like however many 24 hours and then And then was up till midnight visiting people and like showing off my new baby and then realized that he wasn't going to sleep. He was cluster feeding all night long. So (laughs) now it's like 30 something hours and I'm starting that way as a new, fresh new mom with like the most burnt out I could ever imagine possibly being, which is Mm -hmm. so, I can't even believe that I did that to myself. It's so stupid. And it didn't get better from there. Like, the whole first year with him was just, like, that over and over again. Me just doing that yeah. to myself and then not taking the time that he needed, not taking the time that I needed, and just trying to be trying to be awesome, right? Like, yeah. and that doesn't seem like such a bad thing, but it is. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. And you contrast that with when I had Emery, I put my phone on do not disturb mode. I just, like slept and slept and slept whenever i possibly could and it was like bliss and that was like the epitome of self-care for what i could be doing in that moment but it's so different for every person in every situation and i honestly don't know the answer to figuring that out so for me it seems to be just total trial
1: and error but also just listening to yourself like i don't know maybe yeah i think we automatically assume that we're lazy and that we need to be doing so much more than we are. And yes. the reality is, I, it kind of reminds me of back in my days that I actually exercised. <laughs> <laughs> and I, um, I was doing um, marathon training and I, I did the half marathon. And anyway, one of the things in the, in the book that I was reading to, to do the training program Um, They talked about how you'll get to a certain mileage where you will just be running and running and running and running, gritting your teeth and running and gritting your teeth and running harder and then gritting your teeth harder and running even harder and gritting your teeth even harder and running harder. And then you get to a point where you just can't grit your teeth any harder and you just can't like put any more tension in your body to keep going. And so at this point, point they teach you about trying easier and that's the moment where you're running and running and running and you don't think that you can go any further and so then you just try to relax your whole body and just keep going anytime that you feel like you need to tense and grit your mouth or, or grit your hands or you know tense your hands tense your body you just let it go relax and keep moving forward somehow but it's really oh. with this like um relax relaxed body and um the difference like I would feel myself automatically constantly tensing up and I'm really stressed stressed out person all the time so I notice myself in my everyday life I I try harder I try harder I try harder and your automatic tendency is what do I need to do now what do I need to do now to be better to be awesome To be- yes measuring up to all these other push things. harder right like harder. we need to yeah, push, push harder, harder. yes yeah, so oh that's of trying easier and that is so good. Self,
0: so. Like, I love those. That's such a good visual image. Cause like, it's never going to be gone from my brain now because it's so, it's just so vivid. Right. Um, I, there was, um, okay. So around that, and we need to end soon, but around that same idea, I just recently had this epiphany about someone, I read something, that someone said, I keep talking about periods. This, sorry, this, <laughs> I don't know why. I'm obsessed because with them. I'm your best friend. We talk about periods. It is. So, right. <laughs> someone said, like, we all know that uh, we react to that, like, our menstrual cycles differently, but they affect us. Like, every woman is not quite on her game the same way that she normally is for those few days every month, right? Like, it's just, Different and for me, it's It's really physical. (laughs) Yeah, it's hard. It's really hard. So for me, it's really physical. And um, this one woman wrote um, something that said, "How intentional are you about um, about your like your periods?" I can't remember. Do do you practice intentionality um, around that time of a month or something like that? And I was just like, "What? That's so weird." And then I thought about it and. I have actually, well, not this month, this month, my kids got the flu and it's been horrible. And I haven't been running every morning, but at that point in my life, I was running in the mornings, like this tiny little run that was changing my life every day. It just made me feel like awesome. Not in a bad way, in the me
1: good for me way. Um, and and I read That's about a little good because I know I'm supposed to be doing this way in the, this is what I literally need right now way.
0: Yeah. Yes, exactly. And so um, it was something that was just working for me so well. And I, um, and I thought, you know what I've, in the past, always thought that I can't exercise during my periods. But what if I did it differently? What if I was just more intentional? And so what I did was, even though I felt crappy, I still went out and did my little mile-long run, came home, got breakfast for my kids. By that point, I'm just, like, so burnt out, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm just physically more exhausted during those, especially the first few days. And yeah. then – um And then I put on a show for my kids and I had a nap, a completely guilt-free nap because I'd already planned it ahead of time that for like the first two or three days of my period, I was going to have a nap and I was able to almost do my day was almost as awesome as it usually is because, because I took a half an hour nap. And so it's like a combination there of just like trial and error -hmm. Where you're figuring things out, but also just like taking a minute to think, like what would actually be good for me, yeah, in this moment, which shouldn't be that hard. But sometimes I just don't do it, you know. Like I just don't, (laughs) just don't think.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I know it's it's so interesting. It's hard to, it's easy to list off all the things that you think you should be doing and that other people are doing and that you know you should be doing. But it's um, not actually automatic for me, at least, to think about what I really, truly need and not, <sighs> not what someone else would give as advice for me in that moment. Because yeah. sometimes I would automatically, I, maybe I might talk to my husband and say, this is my problem. And then I automatically start thinking in my head, and I know what you're going to say. You're going to say, do this, do that, do this, do that. Do this. <laughs> but I never think to myself, what do I think I need? Like yes. you know I mean? do I need to go for a run or do I need to stay in my pajamas all day? Because Yes.
0: Which I did all week this week.
1: Like yes. literally all week.
0: I didn't I'm dressed right now. It's yeah. a miracle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow,
1: good job, Jen. It's almost nighttime, but you are dressed. <laughs> so I understand that. We need to end because you need to go to bed because you're in Ontario, but I am so grateful for this
0: chat. I'm so grateful that we get to share it with the world, meaning twenty people. And um, yeah, I'm just I really. Can you just tell me that running
1: phrase again? Like,
0: um, run- try easier.
1: Try easier. Instead of <sighs> trying harder, try easier. Yeah. And yeah, I do feel like this uh, this discussion kind of went on a different tangent because I feel like you still need to. Um, unpack some of your idea about having compassion for others <laughs> yeah I love, I love um the direction that we've taken in having compassion for ourselves as well um mm-hmm.
0: it's I good think that
1: that, I think that will like that that'll actually allow us to have more compassion for other people oh and maybe, and maybe what they need oh as my as goodness possible. that's
0: such a good thought I didn't even Lauren that's why your own podcast good job. <laughs> it's so true oh, though. If we can that. take that step and, and, and have, take the time to think about what we na- need, if we're, like, or in the reverse, if we're not doing that, then how on earth can we expect to understand what other people need? Like that's, yeah, there's no way we're way too self-centered to be able to do that.
1: Yeah. I totally.
0: <laughs> when when totally. we're not even close do so, it for yeah, ourselves well, this is
1: a great this is a great reminder for me because I've just I think I've just been going about things in the wrong way because yep, really, yeah we all are yeah having a little compassion for yourself it's I think that's gonna go a long way for for me anyway
0: awesome well thanks so much have a great sleep and uh we'll talk again soon okay thanks. okay bye, bye.